Baba Yaga is back. Today I'm talking about the Red Circle shootout from John Wick. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's F. Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about uh, probably the action standout from the original John Wick movie. So this is continuing the uh, action movie action scene setups that I've been enjo- that I've been going through. So without further ado, let's get started. The original John Wick came out of nowhere, a low-budget, R-rated action flick from two stunt coordinators featuring a seasoned but quiet action star Keanu Reeves, with a revenge plot centered around the murder of a former assassin's dog. But as it turns out, Team Wick had more up their sleeve than a catchy premise. The, The 2014 film was a critical and box office hit, and earned tons of praise for its acting, world building without exposition, and of course, its amazing action sequences, including today's scene, the Red Circle Shootout. John Wick is on the hunt. After burying his dog and surviving an armed home invasion, the former assassin is tracking down the man responsible for his pain, the son of a Russian mob boss, Iosef Tarasov. Having tracked his prey down, Wick begins tearing through Tarasov's inner circle and bodyguards in a crowded nightclub to exact his vengeance. So why does it work? Well, first, we have build-up. While amazing scenes like this are why you make a great action movie, the build towards the violence is crucial. You want to create a ton of tension, put opposing forces on an inevitable collision course, and give the audience just enough time to get nervous, and give them the action-packed payoff to relieve that tension. In this case, the audience knows two things. Yosef is surrounded by bodyguards, and that John is trying to sneak in and avoid detection while picking off guards and Yosef's gang. So as John gets closer to Yosef, his goal but ultimately more danger, the audience gets tense as they wonder if John can accomplish his goal without being spotted. So when he's detected and misses Yosef as he flees, a plot-appropriate time for him to be inaccurate for once, then things get interesting because we now have an appropriately chaotic scene. So I can't think of a less ideal place for a shootout. It's probably why action movies like Collateral, Terminator, and even Lethal Weapon like them. There's innocent people, it's easy to lose track of anyone you're pursuing, and the minimal lighting makes picking out enemies versus bystanders a nightmare. But that visual chaos works to the scene's advantage, as John tries to identify and dispatch threats on the dance floor and VIP areas. Much like John, the audience is trying to piece together the geography of the club and keep track of Yosef on the fly, and that uncertainty adds to the chaotic and gritty feel of the scene. It also shows off John's near-superhuman abilities. Which brings us to Hello, Baba Yaga. This is not John's first killing spree in the movie. We've already seen him dispatch a dozen men in his home with ease, while Yosef's father called him Baba Yaga, or the Boogeyman. And there's a big difference between the two scenes. In the first scene, John is playing defense on familiar ground. In this scene, he's the aggressor in an unfamiliar place with people who know he's coming. And it doesn't seem to matter. As soon as the shootout begins, John takes out every guy that comes his way with ruthless efficiency. Minus the minus the level's final boss. He gets them into close quarters with two or three 
two to three, uh, sorry, three to four men at a time, and is able to grapple around them and headshot them in seconds, all without taking any damage. There's something inherently scary and impressive about a guy who is outmanned and outgunned by the dozens tearing through baddies like cannon fodder. We already knew John was a master assassin, but now we know why they called him Baba Yaga. We also have the chase element. Every action scene needs clearly defined stakes, an outcome our hero is fighting for or against that drives the drama. And it works really well here, if there is a time value, it works really well if there's a time value attached, aka you have to win the fight to stop the bomb from going off. This scene has both. We know John wants to kill Yosef, but we also know that Yosef will escape if John can't get to him in time. It means every guy gunning for John is a momentary roadblock to his goal and makes the audience eager for John to prevail as quickly as possible. We also have great visual storytelling. Way back when in our last Jedi podcast, I talked about how much I like the throne room fight for conveying change in tactics with film language. For instance, a carefully chosen series of shots tell the audience when Rey is about to drop her lightsaber into her other hand. John Wick is full of moments like this, too. In the normally lit corridor, we see John need to reload quickly and find an opponent's location with his foot before drawing him out by shooting said foot. That's about 10 seconds of screen time, maybe less, but it adds a ton of cohesion to the scene. We also have John Wick's unique style of gunplay. The scene is a perfect example of how to make semi-realistic gunplay without boring your audience to tears. Hyper-realistic gunplay is inherently stagnant, since both parties are likely firing from cover and standing still while shooting. Thus, the only way to make it exciting is to emphasize the chaos, a la heat, or really show off your character's skills. But if you decide to go full John Woo bullet fest, you lose any semblance of reality. John Wick finds a happy medium. Like his realistic counterparts, John doesn't dual-wheel pistols. He carries one, almost always with the sights up, focuses on headshots, and reloads constantly. But unlike his realistic counterparts, John downs his opponents with superhuman speed, fires off perfect shots while grappling with men on the ground or standing up, and will fire with one hand from time to time. The mixture prevents the scene from getting stale and adds to John's inhuman skill set as the scene progresses. While all of these elements are familiar, the combination makes for a truly thrilling and unique shootout, and definitely one of the best action scenes of the past decade. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, with the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.